position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, Raiden. <laughs> Your role. Hello, and welcome to episode number 378 of the Boss Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Sunday, the 23rd of January, 2022, at 15, 1550 hours. Yeah, so uh, 5, 3, 3, 350 p.m. Crack Engineer, Ivor Alina, over there in the booth. Holding up a whiskey sign. Thank you, Ivor. You're fired. Especially for this week, because we have a lot to go through, and I have limited time. Because the snake, your role. No, actually, Raiden, your role. We have Rosemary. Um, the neurotoxin. But my baby! Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, that would make it for our sequel friends 2022 uh, 01 23 1551 PM Pacific Coast left coast coast the most uh, Iwar Molina you have failed I'm looking at the rundown for today and you have failed so we're going to wing it we have no top stories this week so first off in our new and note new and noteworthy, which I can't believe we don't have a sound effect for. Thank you, Ivor, you're fired! This has been a momentous, yet consecutively momentous week in Linux video gaming. Um, Our new and noteworthy. It begins uh, Hitman 3 Asian 47 mm. Hitman 3 was released this week and I I rarely ever do this but I gave this guy a bunch of points for his review which I thought was funny and then I bought the game the game runs on Linux it doesn't run spectacularly well without um 
a glorious egg roll, maybe, but it it runs out of the box. It runs about as well as Hitman 2 and Hitman the Reboot 1 ran, so it's a little herky-jerky, but I haven't done anything to tweak it. I just wanted to see if it would run. But we're going to read what uh, this guy Ivor... Ivor did not put this in... Hang on, one moment, please. Let me go throughout. Get over here! Holy shit. By almost entire happy coincidence and algorithmic intelligence. Unguided pseudo fucking... whatever. No intelligence involved in this. This is the review posted on the day that Hitman 3... By the way, for those of you who don't know, I love the Hitman franchise. The best game in the Hitman franchise is Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, and the second best is uh, Contracts. I think it was called Contracts. The one where you show up with Gutshot in Paris, and then end in Paris after killing the Inspector. But anyway, Hitman 3, I love the reboots of Hitman as well. But this guy, Hitman is 60 bucks. Hitman 3 is 60 bucks. And I don't know why they call it Hitman 3. Jesus, it just confuses everything. There's like seven Hitman games now. And Hitman 3 does not help because everyone's gonna. It does not matter. This guy's name is Sozert. S O Z S U R T. And I'm gonna read his review in full. Because I thought it was very um, instructive. And then I bought the game and I made sure the game ran. But this is, for those of you who, are, like myself, are huge fans of the Hitman franchise. Although, like, I, I didn't even play Hitman 2 at all. I don't think. Now that I think about it. Like, the most recent... Hitman. Anyway, it does not matter. With the, the you know the new rebooted Hitman, where it makes everything easier and you can like track your targets through walls and shit. But anyway, here's what Sozert posted in his negative review, which has gotten I I gave him a reward. This dude has gotten 182 awards. Just take my points awards along with. Oh man, the guy's gotten a ton of ton of reviews. He only played 0.2 hours of the game at the time review. It was posted on January 20th, so this was three days ago, and it was updated on January 20th, about five hours later. Here's what he has to say, and I this is what you need to know. The game itself isn't bad. It's excellent but here are a few things you should not do on a Steam release. He's talking to the game company. Uh, Especially since you should have already learned from past experiences, which I heartily echo. One, don't release a one-year-old game at full price while increasing the price on other platforms to match it. Two, don't create fake quote-unquote discounts by increasing the base price of your DLCs. Three, don't create six different packs that are so confusing that not even their own Steam description pages can explain the differences properly. Fucking A. Four, don't create two quote-unquote access passes for each of the previous two games without explaining what the hell the difference is between them. Five, don't forget to tell your clients that if they already own the previous games, they don't need to buy the access passes they just need to connect their IOI accounts to each of the games they already own. And that's the that's a big one if you are interested in not pissing away 60 bucks. Six, don't force people to use your IOI account system to play a single player game if that system itself cannot handle the load of all the new players coming in from Game Pass and other third party uh, other third party sellers and if you're not even going to bother to provide cross progress 
between different game clients and platforms. Seven, don't hype up the PC VR mode if you're going to do this half-assed of a port. Seriously, one of the worst VR ports I've ever seen. Zero effort. And Sozert concludes his review of Hitman 3 with, for anyone reading who's new to the franchise, try it on Game Pass and wait for a decent sale. If you bought it and their servers continue to be offline, pay attention to the time played because they're counting on that so that you can't get your refund. I disagree with that. Only thing that I disagree with in that entire review is that last sentence. Because they don't really care. Steam will just fucking refund you, whatever. I don't know about Game Pass, so I don't have Game Pass. I bought the game. It's Hitman 2 with more missions. Actually, I did play Hitman 2 because Hitman 2 is the same thing as the Hitman reboot with more missions. And this is the same thing with more missions. So it's still Hitman the reboot, but one notable thing, they say this is the last Hitman game, the final chapter. I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. This all dropped three days ago and to be honest, it is not the central focus of this week's episode. Which, by the way, for the record, I should have mentioned this up front. This is our last live episode before Valentine's Day for Valentine's Day week we will because uh, next week we will be canned I might yeah I'm debating whether or not to rebroadcast the friend love beams episode all three hours of it because that was like the most disastrous episode of the show that we've ever done hey Ivor oh yeah we'll get the case Gregor <laughs> anyone who can identify that hit me up at Vegas Writer on the DM on Twitter at Vegas Writer V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R the quote is oh we'll get the case Gregor oh we'll get the fucking case isn't that right Gregor if you know the origin of that quote hit me up on the Twitter machine I will buy you a game of your choice under $60. But, moving on. Next week's episode will either be the Friend Love Beams episode of Legendary Yore, which will be an encore presentation, or and it'll drop on Tuesday, or it will be, depending on how long this episode goes, uh, our full review of Warhammer 40,000 uh, Inquisitor Martyr, which is a game that I love. But, continuing with our new and noteworthy other new and noteworthy game that runs out of the box with Linux, it's great. I've only I've only just checked it because I got it last night. It's called Expeditions Rome. And this game, you want to talk about attention paid to historical detail, they actually pronounce the names right with the Latin with, with the Latin, correct Latin pronunciation. Weni Widi Wichi, not Weni, not Veni Vidi Vici, uh, Weni Widi Wiki, not Veni Vidi Vici. Um, and in terms of the proper names and everything, it is, it's, I cannot wait to play more of this game. It's the bottom line. It's just, and the voice acting is, is fantastic and the, the graphics are pretty good. The actual gameplay I have not gotten into because I started crying the second they correctly pronounced W's in Latin because it was it was a first in a video game for me as someone who used to be pretty up on his Latin. So that's Expeditions Rome, which is $44.99. Before we get to this week's feature, which is about a game called Vampire Survivors, and it is the titular... Well, not titular. It's titular in terms of this episode. The best, worst game of all time? Who knows? 
Oh, Ivor's holding up the whiskey sign. You're right, Ivor. We did not have whiskey. It's because I was drinking with Jeff over at the bar. Oh. Beloved favorite of this show, Nova Drift, the, uh, Actually, Nova Drift is not the best worst game of all time. The best worst game of all time, which we will discuss in detail in a moment, is Vampire Survivors. But before we get to that, Nova Drift released their single largest update to date. It's part one of three of their Enemies 2.0 algorithm, which is a complete retuning and rebalancing and making it programmatically generated much more roguelike experience out of the already awesome I've logged like 500 hours in Overdrift. Literally. The game's still in early access. Chimeric, my man is still fucking busting his ass. I have 497.7 hours logged in Overdrift. So if you want to know how good that game is, then come on bitches, beat my score. My high 1.5 1.5 million and change. Why don't you beat it? Go buy the game. It's $14.99. This update, I don't know how I feel about this update. It makes the game significantly more difficult. Like, to a degree that like I could not imagine previously. But it makes the game so much better, and it introduces a ton of new enemies. And when I say better, what do I mean? Well, fine, let's qualify that with actual characterizations of what makes it better. The pro- the now programmatically generated roguelike, roguelike aspect of the game is in full bloom. So you will encounter first wave enemies that are really, really hard. And for anyone less than expert players will be run-enders, but those players will return to the game again, because it's impossible to stop playing the game, Novadrift, once you've started playing the game, because it's so good. It's how I've logged 500 hours into it. Ah, 500 hours in it. This update is a massive transformation. Introduces new enemies, new camera scaling, new powers, new effects, new combinations of powers. For the uninitiated, Nova Drift is a top-down space shooter a la asteroids, but with asteroids that shoot back at you and have different behaviors. All wrapped up in a roguelike where you're constantly upgrading your ship on a cellular level. Um, You have to collect these upgrade points or whatever the fuck and then after you have enough of them you can upgrade your ship drawing from a a matrix, a honeycomb style matrix of several different powers, all of which interact, it's it's like I think it's uh, seven different powers there's one in the middle, I think there's three on the top and sides, but we'll I don't quote me on that because I can't honestly remember. But anyway, this creates the most magnificent. Yeah, okay, so it's two on top, two on the right, two on the bottom. So that's six plus one. So it's seven. Two on top, two on the sides, one in the middle, two on the bottom. And these powers interact with each other to create with the potential to create incredibly powerful combinations that confer abilities and uh, what do you call it? Um, Handicaps. Like, that that, that can really there, there are combinations that will just ultimately result even if you didn't take any damage from anyone in you dying within the next five minutes. Like, there, there's some that just constant ramping whole heat damage. Anyway, 
But it's all wrapped up in this gorgeous eye candy stuff. And Chimeric is finally taking the plunge to retooling the entire under guts of the game. And this is phase one. It's the largest update that they've ever done. It's It, it was necessary after the last updates that they did. I don't know if I like it. I definitely do like this game more than the old game, but I still think that Kamarik really needs to cut his losses. Not his losses, because the game is going to be this game, which is $14.99, and I encourage you all to buy it immediately. I don't spend 500 hours in a game that sucks. Although we'll get to that in a moment. We will impeach my unimpeachable character, my sensibly unimpeachable character on that score in mere moments. Um, I don't spend 500 hours in a game that sucks. This game is magnificent, and it's all done by one guy, Kamarik uh, and Pixel Jam Miles, uh, who does the music and helps run the Discord server and stuff. He is directly permeable with his community, and I think this is kind of a handicap for him, because I want to see him leave early access so this game can win Game of the Year this year. Um, finally, I'm hoping, I haven't, I haven't reached out to Kamarik, uh, since I, I, I've spent the last three or four days, uh, fucking around with the Enemies 2.0 update, but I really hope that he cuts his, you know, he finishes this series of three up, up, retooling of the enemy system, and then closes a chapter on this game releases it out of early access so he can make his fucking money and then everything else should just be focused on Nova Drift 2 cause that'll take you know 3 years this game's taken him 5 already it's one guy and he, he's great and he knows what he's doing and he's uncompromising which is all that I want from a developer uh, you know like he understands what makes this game great and what and that the, the and that the fans you know but, but this guy just made a big move he needs the money he needs the money uh, I don't mean like you know like I, I, I can't speak to like right now right now but like you know six months ago he needed the money he needs the money and it's time for him to make the money. So far, by the way, in case you doubt the, you know, my judgment or whatever, this is your first time on the show, listening to the show. Recent reviews for Nova Drift have been overwhelmingly positive, 449. All reviews overwhelmingly positive, 5,550. It's one of the best games that I've ever played. Period. Ever. Ever. Ver. I like it as much as I like Galaga. Although Galaga is a different different game. And, you know, because it's something new every time. It's great if you're sober. It's great if you're stoned. It's great if you're drunk. It's great if you're playing competitively. If you're trying to beat your own score, you're eventually you will always be trying to beat your own score. So, why don't you fucking pony up that $14.99 baby and try to beat 1.5 million and change. It's 1.502 100,000 dollars 10 grand thousand dollars so go check it out. Now is and the body types and all the weapon configuration shit it is endless 500 hours, I see no end to the awesome glory that is Nova Drift. And I wish Kamarik and everyone else there well with uh, uh, hopefully a speedy release of the following two components to this major update. It's a 
complete retooling of the game in a lot of sense. Um, and it evens out a lot of the upgrades and power-ups and the way they interact. And The tech tree for this game is incomprehensible, but it plays lightning fast. It's great. It, 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 it feeds both aspects of your brain at once, simultaneously in a candy-colored space catastrophe where even your worst mistakes are <laughs> remarkably bad to the extent that they are delightful. I love a game where you can die all the time and you still love the game. That is like one of the hallmarks of a timeless game. And when they put, mark my words, I've been saying this for two, three years now. When they push this game out of early access and is eligible for the Steam Awards and for Game of the Year Awards, it may or may not win them. But if humanity survives another 15 years, people will still be paying $15 or the equivalent thereof you know, adjusted for inflation to play Nova Drift even once VR is injecting sexually you know, intravenous synaptic injected uh, orgasms directly into your brain while you're getting sucked off by I don't know I'm not going to say her name I'm not going to say her name but like, you know, Cindy Crawford or whoever. My fantasies are my fantasies, okay? You stay out of my fucking head and we'll get along a whole lot better. Now I've or based them with the feature because this week we wrestle, we grapple, we do battle with the ultimate opponent, ourselves. Oh my god, it's the Libyans! The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! So, Vampire. Er, <laughs> so, Vampire Survivors. Let me say it again. Vampire Survivors. Survivors. Vampire Survivors is the subject of our feature this week. It costs $2.99. I got this game yesterday or day before yesterday. I got it on Friday. Yeah, so it was the day before yesterday. It's $2.99. That's not a sale price. That is the full, complete price. Vampire Survivors is either the best game of all time, the worst game of all time, or as a long time ago, When looking into the eyes of the beautiful redhead, the first girl I ever seriously wanted to marry. It was Rapril. April. I called her Rapril. I was madly in love with her. And I was completely shit-faced this particular night. I said, in the history of the best of the worst ideas this one, in the history of the greatest of worst ideas this one is among the best so, is Vampire Survival the greatest game, the worst game or the best worst game of all time or is it simply among the best, I say it is simply among the best because I've got I got this game on Friday, I have logged twelve. I've logged ten fucking hours in it, and I should be playing it right now. I feel like I need to be playing it right now. So far, this game came out December seventeenth, twenty twenty-one. It's a one-man developer, Ponkel. Here's how they bill it: 
mow thousands of night creatures and survive until dawn, Vampire Survivors is a gothic horror casual game with roguelite elements where your choices can allow you to quickly snowball against hundreds of monsters that get thrown at you. There is... Okay, so... This game is a top-down, two-dimensional game. You only... The only controls... If you have like a joy, uh, if you have like a joypad. Oh, by the way, this week uh, our smart A whatever the fuck controller started experiencing wonky bullshit with uh, our daily Galaga, which is continuing and will continue tonight. So I bought a Apidu SN30 Pro and. I got one of the other ones that says it only works with Xbox 360 or PC or Windows PCs and guess what? It does only work with Xbox 360 or PCs. So BPR, you were correct. And so I gave that to Jeff, which is why I am so drunk right now because I was with Jeff at the bar when I he picked up the controller and I was already at the bar and then we ended up meeting at the... Anyway... So if you're playing with like a standard gamepad controller or whatever, it doesn't matter. There's in Vampire Survivors, which is a horrible title for possibly my favorite game of the last like three years, two years, at least the last nine months so far. I've logged ten hours. It's Sunday. I got this game on Friday. Friday night. At like 9 o'clock I want to say. At night. So that's like 50, we'll say you know, 60 hours of my life. About 8 of which I've spent over those two nights. So 16. So we'll say 60 hours. So it's like 45, 43, something like that, hours. 10 of those hours as I'm trying to get the fuck out of here to go to Hawaii. All sorts of logistical complications, you know, blah, 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 blah. All sorts of things to think about, stuff to budget for and buy and book and figure out logistics for blah 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 which is like an all consuming time suck and I'm finishing up Dracula Factory's second album Your Mom is a Slutty Wizard and we are nearing the end of that I'm hoping modestly to have that album finished and if not mastered and mixed and ready and licensed and everything and blah, you know, street date, blah, by, before I get, before I leave for Hawaii on the 3rd. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 10 of those 48 hours. 10 has been spent in Vampire Survivors, which is a game that I'm telling you right now if you have to close this window, if you have to stop listening to this show if you never listen to this show again you need to buy this fucking game it is $2.99 so what do you get? well, Vampire Survivors is a top down it's, it's almost an idler but this is an action game the only controls that you have are where you go so it's similar to Pac-Man in that sense but the body count is enormous and the amount of weapons and combinations of weapons and upgrades that you can deploy very similar to Nova Drift are endless the hordes of enemies 
will approach you from all sides. Not just in waves that are discreet. There's no like wave one. No. It's an organic thing. You have to keep an eye on the timer. Your run, you know, how long you've lived, survived for that run. When an enemy touches you, it hurts you. You have a big red health bar underneath you. So the only things that you only things you can do, there's no way to activate attacks. There's no way to select a weapon. Does not matter. You each hero in the game starts with one main weapon or skill. The first guy that you get um who comes unlocked is uh just a whip guy, uh Bal Parisi. I think he I think that's his name. And that might be the knife guy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He attacks horizontally to his right to, to the direction that you're facing every two seconds and does a lot of damage with a whip. And he just keeps doing that. You you don't if you if you turn to the left, he will attack to the left. If you upgrade the whip to where you have one more uh, uh, one more unit of an attack skill so for the whip it would be one more unit you attack bidirectionally you attack both to the left and the right like every two and a half seconds there are other okay so what does this mean well hordes of enemies first very weak ones then ramping up to very strong ones with intermediary stages in between of massive fluctuation you know massive assault choke points that are are designed to kill you that are programmatically generated either based off of time or based off of your power so every time you kill an enemy they drop a little crystal you pick up that crystal the crystal meth the blue crystal meth and uh, it gives you a tiny tick up on your level bar when your level bar is full you get to choose from a series of three to four upgrades depending on your luck and these can be anything they can be another weapon that will fire automatically all the time constantly at a set interval according to your other power ups it could be a power up that makes that interval much faster it could make the damage of all your attacks much better, it could give you more points more gold, which is the rogue light aspect of the game because when you die the you, you will never survive beyond 30 minutes and 20 seconds, because that's when death shows up spoiler alert, I probably should have told you that that happens but the gold that you get during a run can be used to buy permanent upgrades or to unlock other characters all of whom start with their own unique thing but all of their unique things are unlocked for any other character starting from the very beginning until you unlock the leveled up version of those things and I'm going to spoiler alert I'm going to reveal one for you the knife guy if so he throws knives constantly it's like two every second from the very beginning and you're attacking bats in a forest oh by the way the levels are infinite they extend in every direction, but they remember everywhere that you've been. So you spend a lot of time kiting and luring enemies in one direction, or running directly, just fleeing from enemies in one direction, only to, you know, several, you know, maybe 30, 45, maybe a minute, maybe 90 seconds later, going back as more hordes, because the hordes are constant, 
my I think my best kill I don't know how many creatures I killed when I got to 31 minutes or whatever 30 minutes and 25 seconds or whatever when death came you can't kill death but uh like frequently you kill 15,000 enemies and it is a festival of carnage of where you have nothing else to do other than run and you know learn your timing and then upgrade you know the either the attack power or the timing or there's there are two other major categories of things there's garlic which is a weapon that is present constantly and it creates a force field not a force field it creates a damage a circular damage zone around you in semicircular concentric circles these can be expanded with other powers and shit but that is the best way to level up and to live a long life because weaker enemies will not even be able to touch you if you stand still and we'll talk about why you don't want to stand still in a moment Um, because there's great incentive to not standing still at other times though standing still can be your only option to surviving an otherwise catastrophically fatal wave of enemies that the enemies are constant the mix of enemies is different every so often like after the first like five minutes or whatever there are waves of like bats or ghosts, it depends on which area you're in, like if you're in the forest or if you're in the library there are multiple areas the only reason why this is not a review, I've logged 10 hours, we need 10 more hours and then I will post a full fucking review of it, this game is awesome whether you're drunk, stoned or high 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, at lunch waiting for your kids to get out from school all you have to do is keep your character moving and if you have garlic you can kill most weaker enemies before they even touch you now why do you want to move there are candlesticks and there's other other items that are dropped randomly and this is an infinite flat plane it's a top down camera it's pixel graphics, there's no animations for your character, the animations for the enemies are like two-step animations, they're all sprites, they are really good and they are all based off of various aspects of classic gaming yore, including Yorick from the library in Castlevania Symphony of the Night, when you get to the library but there are golems, there are medusas there are ghosts, there are bats there are giant bats and then there are creatures that have a glowing aura surrounding them, there are also giant creatures that take a lot of damage, but creatures with like a glowing aura surrounding them those guys are really they're like, eh, I'd say seven times harder to kill than you would think they are so, seven, okay yeah, we'll say If, like, a normal bat takes one hit to kill with any weapon, a glowing bat will take, like, 37 hits. Maybe 50. It'll take a lot, even when you're upgraded. And eventually, once you have your shit upgraded, and you can have all these different weapons, they're all deploying at all times. They're all either unidirectional... You you don't aim. There is no firing of a button you just keep moving and moving yourself into advantageous positions when you kill one of these special glowing enemies or one of the bigger enemies, there are guys who are significantly bigger, based off the same problem, there are fairies there's there's like dozens and dozens of enemies that I've seen so far, including death, which insofar as I know, you cannot defeat across two different areas that I've unlocked and there are eight different characters each with their own special you know, 
but that doesn't confer anything that makes them special. It just means they start with that weapon at a certain level, which is great. Because then, like, let's say you start with like, uh, like uh, Poe, who has um, garlic. He starts with garlic at like level three, meaning that like not much can touch him before they die. That means they drop a crystal. The crystals fill the experience meter. The experience meter gets all the way full. You get to upgrade or buy a new thing from a list of three to four different items. There, I hope that's clear. Then, there are these other guys, special enemies, mini-bosses, basically. They start looking like normal fucking enemies with like a white or bluish you know, magical outline around them. They will pursue you relentlessly, just like everything else. Uh, and they, they're about 30 times harder to kill. They will drop a treasure chest. When you touch a treasure chest, depending on the level of your luck, which is an upgradable thing per run, you will get either one or three different weapons and a bunch of gold it's very exciting to get these treasure chests and to kill these guys even though eventually after you live for 30 minutes you will have been doing it so constantly that your mind will have melted into like a tiny puddle of goo which is exactly the genius of this game the treasure chest openings are always super fun because it feels like you hit a jackpot. No matter how many times I've done it, it always feels like you hit a jackpot. The gold amount that you pull from the tre- treasure chest is added to your treasure for that run, your gold for that run. Those can be spent on permanent upgrades outside of the run once you're dead. So what kinds of what kinds of abilities do you have? Well, like the aforementioned garlic, you can have f- floating Bibles that you know surround you in semicircular movements while you're throwing fifteen different axes and seventy five different knives. The knives go in one direction, the axes go in an arc, just like Castlevania, but in a two dimensional. You know, you're tiny, you're very small, very detailed. No animations on your characters. It is mesmerizingly awesome. It is either the best game ever made, the worst game of all time that is just so impossible to resist, which again would lean me towards best game of all time. Because, like, you know, games are games. Like, we all play games like Go. Go, depending on, you know, like, I mean, we're playing depending on which variation of the rules we're playing, if you want to allow suicides, you want to, you know, is Kumite, what, what is Ko? How, how does the end of the game play out? This gets fucking elaborate, but that's, you know, at the end of the game, after you've spent, you know, what, one hour, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, three hours, seven hours, 30 hours across five weeks playing Go with someone else. Like, if you've ever played Go, you know what I'm talking about. Um, There is infinite illusion. All games are basically about killing time. Killing time in a fun, in a way that is enjoyable and challenging. If it's a two-player game back in the day, you know, then it has to be challenging and rewarding for both players. It has to be easy to learn, simple to understand, difficult to master, and infinite possibilities exist because no one would want to play chess if all there were were openings. You know, if that was it, then, well, well, fine, you're... By the way, chess.com is the other thing I've been spending a lot of my time on again I love chess and I'm terrible at chess I've played tens of thousands of games of chess 
in person, in real life, I always get so lost in the game that I always forget to really win the game. And then I get overwhelmed. But anyway, chess.com has been a very bottom line is this. Chess is the greatest game ever made. Go is tied with chess. Those two games will never be topped. Galaga is the only video game that I've played since the time I was three that I've been playing chess as long as I've been playing Galaga. And I still play Galaga every fucking night. And I still enjoy it. And it still has endless variety. Now, what is that endless variety? That is the illusion of free will. That is the potential, even in single player, to create something that's new, to be better than anyone else. To know more about the game and to make the right decisions and the right moves in the right sequence, the right times, right tactical and strategic decisions all interposed against this ever-shifting symphony, symphonic panoply of fucking unbridled carnage as you're just, like, your enemies exploding everywhere. Like, yeah, I've killed, like, five. The screen has been filled with skeletons, with ghosts, with bats, with mini-bosses filled with mini-bosses. Ultimately, the game ends at 30 minutes and around 25 seconds when death comes and death kills you. I've only gone there once. But it's everything in between and all the combinations of shit that you can do and the unlocks because there are there are better forms. Here's the spoiler alert. So if you're the guy or if you have knives or if you're the guy with knives which you unlock by spending gold you can also spend gold on individual attributes and those are permanent upgrades like you can have (coughs) up to like 30% um, attack damage for everything if you upgrade that all, all the way in between runs but uh, the knife guy when you get to like level 5 with the knife you're throwing constantly at that point 5 knives that go in the exact direction including the uh, uh, north by north by direction so not just the cardinal directions but the interstitial sub-cardinal directions I don't know what the fuck the actual term for that is so you know up left up right you know the diagonals in between just going right or up you know what I mean the knives can be they will be thrown in whatever direction you were last facing or that you're currently facing whatever direction you last pressed the D, the, the uh, analog stick in let's say you're about 15 minutes into the game by that point you should have already like you should have a lot of garlic and stuff so you can just take out interstitial enemies that run into you. But let's say you're also throwing axes and you have Bibles and you have um, the laser cube beams and you have many of them. If you take bracers at that point and you have a little bit of luck, you have to, it seems like it's better if you take at least one luck so you get 10% more luck. Eventually you'll unlock Thousand Blades which is the knife's true form. From that point on, you are a thousand, yeah, thousand, thousand edges or something like that. Thousand, thousand cuts. From that point on, all you will do is spew endless knives wherever, whichever direction you're facing. Continue to upgrade the knife. You will go through one more person than you've gone through. Continue upgrading it, you'll get more knives, still, but they will be constantly firing. Every single weapon in the game, they they look like they're skills, but they are all weapons. 
almost all of them are weapons. Like, there's a wand, and all of them have different... There's a wand, there's a cross straight out of uh, Castlevania. But there's a wand that attacks the closest enemy to you, and it will directionally attack them automatically. And all of these things happen at a set rate. You can increase the rate, you can also increase the speed of the attack. You can do both. So you can end up spewing knives that go through three guys, each doing like 50%, so 150% more, or 75% more damage than, you know, you started with, meaning you're fucking super deadly while you're spewing endless axes out of your head every, you know, three seconds, while you're throwing all of these, you know, uh, randomly uh, aimed fireballs that split into seven fireballs, and then you can get a power-up that, like, gives you one more of everything. Gives you one more projectile of everything. And you can get a power-up that gives you 10% more damage across the board. All of this becomes this intoxicating, mesmerizing ballet of carnage and a tactical Pac-Man-like Defender-esque pseudo-style retreat cascade of variables and powers and concentrations and tactical and strategic decisions and all you're doing is moving around. An endless two-dimensional thing. Now, finally I'll close with this and then maybe I'll see you next week, maybe I won't, but the reason why you want to move in this game is there are items that are out in the wild, in some areas, like the stone mask, you have to discover the stone, you have to discover an item or unlock its true potential if if it's like one of the stock items, like getting the thousand blades, after you get the thousand blades, you still have to get the thousand blades every time that you want to get that, but now you know how to do it. It's bracers plus, you know, high-level knives. And I, I'm pretty sure it's not specific. It's not character-specific, but I can't be entirely sure. That's not a review, just a feature. This game is $3. I don't know if it's the best game I've ever played, or if it's the worst, but the reason why you move, apart from, like, just trying to not take damage is that there are torches or candelabra that are destructible. Inside of them are money or Castlevania pot roast, which the game calls grilled chicken, which gives you more health. Or you can run into a vacuum, which is a tiny blue dot that will suck up all of the experience gems. Like I said, the game remembers every place that you've been. So you you kill a lot of times people that are off screen they drop gems too. You generally speaking, after 20 minutes in, into a run, you can't easily, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, backtrack towards where you've already killed the highest concentration of experience gems. Vacuums will suck all of them to you for like, I think, 10 seconds. There are also flamethrowers that will allow you to kill bosses of epic proportions if you can find a flamethrower. They are very rare. They're not like... You don't see one every run, for instance, even if you go like 20, 30 minutes. And then when you die... So that incentivizes moving because that's like how you get health. That's how you get healthier. Ideally you have a strong defense to begin with, and then there are other things, I mean, there's so many things you can have, like, garlic and a shield, while you're throwing axes, while you're throwing knives while you're firing bi-directional whips, while you have 15 floating bibles circulating you, while you are throwing randomly bouncing laser cubes that just eviscerate your enemies while you have a, a ebony blackbird that just 
unleashes endless torrents of self-targeting black laser missiles at all your enemies and you will be overwhelmed and then you will die and then you can either save up your gold or spend it on making permanent upgrades or unlocking characters and for three dollars I will close with this Friday night when I got the game it was like three hours into the game I realized I was very drunk and stoned and I was exhausted because I had a long day but I've been playing this game for three solid hours and I realized that I hadn't blinked in 15 minutes and I realized this because there were tears pouring down my face every time I blinked it's that kind of game it's either the best game or the worst game but trust me for three dollars you want to buy this game the name of the game is vampire survivors check the link in the show notes it is phenomenal I like it a lot it is completely mindless it makes me feel guilty that I like this game but I think that for you know I think I made a pretty concise critical argument for why I should not be thought of as being a moron or less than sophisticated but the carnage is just so intense and it's so simple and there's so much of it and it it's so mature like just the fact that like you know the powers themselves like you can do crazy shit and then when you get a vacuum like all of the if you get a vacuum you see a vacuum maybe once every five and they look just like a little attractor orb but they're out there sitting in the field or whatever there's it combines so many of the best elements of the best games Pac-Man didn't have an attack button either you know and so there's a lot of Pac-Man a lot of Robotron and a lot of um a lot of originality and there's a reason why recent reviews are overwhelmingly positive 6,419 let's see what that says 99% of the 6,419 reviews in the last 30 days are positive all reviews 99% of the 6,458 user reviews for this game globally are positive it came out December 17, 2021 it's not on sale buy it at full price, give this guy your money, maybe he'll make us more games I will either see you next week with a full review of Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr, which I now understand I've logged like 60 hours in it I logged uh, 39 hours in Warhammer I'm ready to review it or we will have an encore presentation of Friend Love Beams this Tuesday while I'm in as I jet off to Hawaii hopefully I make it there and hopefully I will see you Valentine's week if not sooner cheers, check out the live stream for Daily Galaga we'll be doing it throughout not throughout the 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 time I'm in Hawaii but until then and we will be live streaming Vampire Survivors where I am, I've gotten very good at the game and I love it and you will too. I promise you, you will too. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Later days. That's a wrap, Ivor. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. 
Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.